Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo podcast. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 179. I hope you're keeping safe and well out there. Today I'm delighted to be joined by another new guest. I'm going to be talking to Tim and we're going to be finding out about baking and mindfulness. And it was really interesting to, to chat with Tim about a week ago now um, about his, his own personal experience with mental health but also the that kind of journey through into to where he is now it was really interesting just to sit back and have a chat and hopefully at this this moment in time when so many of us are are limited in terms of of what we can do where we can go and um who we have access to i really hope that there are people around you that you're able to sit down and have a chat with and that might be about a range of different things but that can include mental health it can include your well-being and how you're feeling uh, so I hope I hope you know that there will be people around you either kind of physically uh, within your home or your setting or um, online through various different types of support that are available at the moment. But it was great to sit down and have a chat with Tim. I hope you're going to enjoy this episode. Just before we kick off, there there is a short uh, clip uh, in regards to the current coronavirus outbreak and safety guidance information so that's going to come up in a second Um, but as always please do remember if you'd like to come onto the podcast and share your own story your own experience your own insights in regards to mental health and well-being please do get in contact over at mikesopenjournal.com there's information about the podcast um what sort of stuff um to to consider if you would like to come on and be a guest you can click through and there's a podcast be a guest page that tells you all about um how to come onto the podcast and what kind of things be useful to the for useful for you to think about beforehand 
but i hope you're well i hope you enjoy this episode thank you so much for continuing to listen download subscribe to the podcast um and i hope you're keeping well and safe out there this is a vital update about coronavirus to help save lives stay at home anyone can spread coronavirus only leave your home for the following reasons to shop for basic necessities to pick up medicine to travel to work if you absolutely cannot work from home to provide care to those who need it or to exercise always stay two meters apart do not meet others outside your household even friends and family stay home protect the nhs save lives tim welcome to the the podcast it's great to finally sit down and have a chat with you how's your how's your week been uh my week has been good yeah i've um been doing a lot of baking for people in their isolation so i'm yeah I, i'd like to think i'm the savior of for people because bread bread is good bread it's very hard to come by apparently mm. Mm. and so i'm making a lot of bread and like i am literally full-time just i'm a baker which is quite cool i'm quite enjoying it and obviously not just bread i do um pizza bases as well oh wow There's, but it's sourdough pizza bases and sourdough bread um which is yeah it's good and it's healthier for you so have you have you had to change how you are um prepping the foods then given that we're in isolation at the moment uh what in no no not really because in terms of obviously I, I'm hygienic I, I've done like the the relevant um, hygiene courses and everything mm. when it comes to cooking for other people um, and then obviously in terms of the preparation once you've prepared it you then cook it at such a high temperature that and any sort of I guess germs which would have gone in there are would would die mm. and then when it gets taken off it gets put into um baking paper and so it never never touches any human hand or anything so it's it's all fairly safe and no no one's actually made a uh, a comment about it at all oh wow i think i'm always amazed sometimes when you start to have obviously situations similar to rather than what we're in at the moment but um when you kind of have to review like the process of how you do certain things and to to have to not change anything or not change very much obviously shows that you've got all the right processes in place um from the offset which is amazing i know <laughs> i feel like every day i'm having to change how i'm doing something so it's awesome that you're already kind of set up in a way that's very practical works for you and is very safe yeah definitely and and i've sort of set up a really good strategy so and, and i've been doing this since way before this um uh, virus mm. peaked its head and so it's in fact I'm just because I'm now doing more and more and more I'm like literally full on every day now I'm just oh. learning to just tweak little different things at certain times to make it obviously a bit easier for me and make it a bit more efficient and everything so yeah it's working really well and I'm really enjoying it and I suppose the best thing is um just getting people's emails back and people send me photos of like if they're doing pizzas they make pizzas with their kids and things or they send me photos of that um, or, or just emails to saying the bread is amazing, and I'm just like, that's what I want. I want people's sort of positive sort of remarks, just saying, yes. yeah. and that makes me so happy. 
I'm just like, that's what I'm doing it for. Oh, awesome. In I know obviously we're talking a little bit about the situation as it is now, um, but you've you've obviously been doing this for a long time. How did you kind of start off? How did you get into baking and where did that journey start? Well, in- interestingly, so um, I started the sort of path I'm on. So it's, it's not just baking. I do it. I do my business is called The Mindful Baker and The Mindful Bit isn't just using it because it's a buzzword it's mindful Mm. because I teach mindfulness as well I'm a mindfulness instructor I sort of did my mindfulness um, instructors um, qualification three years ago and for a year I was just trying to teach people mindfulness and I wasn't really getting that much of a sort of reaction from people and I guess my main sort of clients would be city workers because that's what I was meant to be going I was meant to be going into the city before Mm. I had um my accident which I think we'll be talking about in a bit um but so I've always sort of aimed all of my products at city workers and so I thought okay I know that mindfulness helps people massively when it comes to stress when it comes to anxiety when it comes to depression and I know that in the city people who work sort of long long hours I know that all of those things are massively massively um prevalent within that sort of the sort of community of city workers so I thought great I could teach a bit of mindfulness and then straight away I was going to get lots and lots of feedback and then it would be great but the way sort of it just wasn't really a, a big thing like people know that mindfulness is good but people don't have the time to sort of really put their sort of um all into it if there's not nothing really else to go with it just me just saying yeah it'll help and they're like well if it helps you know great this and the other um and then two years ago i had a party and invited my cousin and my cousin's husband and he he came and he brought two loaves of sourdough and the sourdough I sort of tried it i was like it's really nice mm. which was really nice and i i felt obliged to say oh you have to teach me how to make it one day and I wasn't really actually that keen on doing it. I was just like, oh, let's <laughs> uh, see how they... I'll just say that as a nicety, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just say it as a, oh, you have to teach me. And he he, uh, he took me up on it, though. And, and he said, right, Tim, next week, Wednesday, we're going to do the sourdough course. I was like, oh, can we do it a week after, actually? You know, expecting <laughs> just to keep putting it off. And he said, no, because I'm going away on a work trip. So it needs to be next Wednesday or nothing at all. So I was like, okay, fine, let's do it. And he told me what to go out and buy and he came came along and we had a really good day. And and it was then sort of, not, I mean, it, the day was really good and I really enjoyed the baking. And I, and I realized how easy it is and how simple it is. Where it, certainly with sourdough, because everyone thinks sourdough must be really hard. It's not, it's probably the easiest bread to make. Mm. Um, and it was through sort of the weeks of just, doing it because you have to keep the starter alive so I kept keeping the starter alive I kept feeding it I kept making bread because I enjoyed making it and I just slowly started to see a correlation between making bread and leading a mindful existence and it and it's sort of the penny sort of dropped and I was like the two can work together really well and I think it was last summer that I thought I'm, I'm going to put this to the test and I decided to put a post up on my next door you know next door the do you know the next door group app thing Ooh, 
Um, no, I don't think I do. It's, I, I mean, feel like the name sounds familiar, but no, I don't know it. I mean, you, every, every, I think everyone has them in the UK, but it's next door. Like perhaps, perhaps there's not one around your certain area, but mo- most areas, like my parents have one and they live in the country. Um, and there's a next door and you, you put a post out and it just goes to sort of people within a, say, like a mile, two mile radius. Oh, OK. And it's just and you all have to be invited to it. And then once you're in it, you get all these. And obviously there's a lot of tedious chat from tedious people. Um, <laughs> I just... Especially at this time of year, especially at this time with the yeah. virus and everything, because you get all these people who think they're being so helpful and just going to save everyone's life. But it's just senseless chat. Um. But anyway, I thought I'm going to still utilize this because pe- people were always saying, look, I, I, I'm a babysitter. Can I babysit for you? Or I'm a cleaner. Can I clean for you? So mm. I thought, I'll tell you what, I'm going to offer a sourdough workshop one. So I did this like in the summer. Yeah. And I, I, initially, I didn't I didn't mention the mindfulness on okay. the on the group thing. But when people came and people came my goodness they did i was inundated i had to do two weeks because there were so many people wanting to do it maybe because it was free i guess but anyway they came and then i explained to them what i wanted to do i wanted to obviously sort of make it a mindfulness thing on top of the bread thing and i explained how the two correlate very well together Mm. and people um gave me i because obviously it was it was you know i i didn't just do it for free because I, I was being nice obviously I, I mean I did partly as well but I did it because I wanted to get their opinion on the whole process yeah. and they got some really good ideas and they said yeah maybe she do this maybe she do that and I they also said they also sort of suggested maybe bring pizza into it which I now do um, I do sourdough pizza for lunch and everything and they make their own pizza and it's brilliant and it's, it's a really good workshop day it lasts for five hours and in between all of the making bread bits. Um, there's often so there's, uh, there's a lot of downtime. So in da- that downtime, the first downtime is an hour. Once you've mixed all the flour and the water, you have to wait one hour before you put salt in it. So in that one hour, everyone comes into um, my sitting room, and I explain to them all about the mindfulness, how it works. Um, I tell them my story um, about how I got into it, and then I, I will often probably I normally changes a lot of different times I do different techniques but the main technique I normally do is mindful eating so I give them all a raisin and I explain how to eat mindfully and how eating mindfully is very similar to obviously just leading a more mindful existence where you know just taking taking um notice of absolutely everything about it so when you eat a grape you obviously look at it you feel it you sort of see the colors you see how it ref- the light reflects off it you sort of smell it you listen to it you know when you roll it in your fingers and you think where it came from you think of the tr- the journey it must have taken to get get to your hands and then i mean this lasts for quite a few minutes and then you eventually sort of bring it to your mouth notice how your mouth is now sometimes sal- you know saliva is sort of because mm. it's excited for what you're about to put in and then you put it in your mouth and you notice how your mouth just you don't chew on it first and then you just notice how your your mouth is reacting to just having something in it and then you take a bite and then and then it takes a while for the flavor to suddenly come out and then when the flavor does come out you notice how your mouth actually reacts to chewing and that it naturally starts pushing the food down your throat you know because you'd think it you always have to make an effort to push it down yeah. you know, if, you, if you just observe 
how you chew just a small thing it just naturally goes down your throat and then once it's gone down your throat you just notice that there's still remnants of the taste and how long that lasts and it's it's just a really good way of teaching people so that's like obviously one of the main techniques mm. um i teach them uh some breathing techniques i teach them some guided meditation or I do guided meditations with them which is which is really good because a lot of people are stressed from work a lot of people are just in another place and a lot of people fall asleep and it and I, and I have to say to them do not feel ashamed if you fall asleep do not worry if you fall asleep because that's mm. what your body wants to do do not you know this is all part of meditation you know if you fall asleep that's a good thing because yeah. you know a lot of people wake up and go oh no I'm so sorry I said no 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 that's what your body wants to do and it's just a really good way of just relaxing completely and then obviously getting something tangible out of it at the end of the day you know they take home with them a ready-to-bake loaf of bread which i would have taught them how to bake yeah it's really interesting to hear that that process as well because you've got the the captive audience and they're there for even if like you say if they have come just for the baking they've got that waiting period anyway so why not take part in in the activity um is a really interesting way to um to kind of make that more a part of the baking because i've heard people talk before about um like elements of kind of mindful cooking but a lot of mindful eating um but i've never really heard them talk about it it's it's part of that baking it's part of your process isn't it it's not or I've added this in, it's like, actually, no, this is the break. This is the moment while we're waiting for this to happen. And while we're waiting for that to happen, we yeah. are going to do this. Um, it's a really nice structure that you've you've but, put together to facilitate that. Yeah, but, but with that, the whole process is sort of very integrated to mindful existence, mindful living. Mm-hmm. Because with, with sourdough, you, you have to have something called a starter, which is fermented flour, which... Um, I obviously give them a jar of this starter at the end. And you, you can't make sourdough without starter. And it's it's effectively the same as yeast for normal bread. But th- this is this is just, just the natural fermented um, flour. And over time, it picks up its own flavors. It picks up its own characteristics. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's personal to you. So I, I tell people to name their starter and just to treat it like their little child. Because yeah. you know, if you don't feed it every week, I mean, you could probably get away with not feeding it for a few months, but if you want to keep it alive and active, feed it every week. Mm. And um, um, but this is how I then obviously bring on the, it's like a mindful existence because you have to look after yourself. And so the starter is effectively you, the inner you, the inner, your inner self. And how if, if, you, if, you, do, if you miss sort of treat the inner you, if you don't give it enough love and affection and care, it it's not it's not going to work. You know your your life will start spinning out of control, and if you let it spin out of control, that is when the anxiety and the depression, and you know the fear start to overcome you. Mm. So the joy and of obviously the baking and, and the whole idea of it is to hopefully prevent people from reaching the the next stage the stages of depression and and Mm. anxiety which are you know so prevalent in today's um uh sort of modern Mm. um 
living and it's mm. something which needs to be tackled and, and this is this is a way that i'm trying to give people a way of you know i i'm not if people have it have depression obviously they can come along to the course and i i'm not saying i, I can cure it i'm not saying i'm someone who who's going to be able to just take it out of their sort of mm. yeah have you but what i am saying is that if you treat yourself before you get the depression before you get all of these different mental disorders Mm. you treat yourself like you're treating the starter and obviously so i talk about how the starter and then once you once you mix the starter with all of the different flowers it's an absolute mess and a lot of people's lives are like that you've still got you've still got a lovely inner you but what happens if you know you suddenly get a massive fine or you i don't know drink a bit too much you have an accident and you Mm. get taken to the police you know your life is a mess and mm-hmm. this is how I explain it. So once you put the starter in an oil flower, your life's a mess. But if you leave it, if you just observe it and you notice all of the different things happening within it, don't don't try to change anything. You know, it's once you put flour and water together, you can't separate them. And that's exactly the same as with life. Once you've done something wrong, you can't you can't stop it. You you can't sort of retrace your steps and then yeah. take it off. It's something that's already happened. And this is the way that I help people to sort of understand that just by allowing yourself to just slowly take in and observe what you've done Mm. obviously when we then when i then take it to the bread and the water just let it be for an hour so that's when obviously in the in the downtime the hour while the starter and the flower and the water are all doing their thing i'm teaching people about the mindfulness and how it sort of helps them and then when we go back to the flower and the water and the starter after an hour, the change is just phenomenal. Yeah. From being this messy glump of sort of flowery, watery, just muddy stuff, it's just turned into this really structured piece of dough, which when you when you sort of put your hand and grasp it, it's sort of it's a string, you know, it's all strung up. And obviously I I'm I'm pulling it up in my hands, but obviously this is not not a video call. But if if, mm. if it was a video call, you would see me stringing it up in front of the camera. It's really. Do do you find um, that some people maybe resonate or take a bit more from it because it is a very, um, it, it's a very visual, it's a very involved um, process. While you're talking through those mindful elements. Some people can engage with that just on hearing you talk through it, but having that kind of real practical side to it, I guess it's, do you notice that some people really take off from that a lot more than others? Oh, oh yeah, de- definitely. Um, I, I suppose I had, before, before, it was like two weeks before like the virus really started coming in, mm. I had um, five clients who, they came from, south america mm. and they came they were here on a business trip and their boss wanted to uh, organize a sort of mindful stroke baking class for them all so they could understand stuff more because all of them were having big issues with the stress okay. job and they, they were very anxious and and mm. a lot of them were, were just getting quite sort of having negative effects with with how the, the work was having negative effects with how they were living their life Mm. and it, it was just amazing when I, I sat them down because the the woman who organized it 
obviously the baking was very important, but she said, ideally, I want it to be more resonated around the mindfulness, which yeah. was great because um, it's not that often I get, it's normally the other way around. So I was really happy about that. And I did lots of obviously research, even more just to get it as good as possible because she gave me lots of sort of information about. Um, like, yeah, these are the things that we kind of focus yeah. in on. Yeah. And so I, I just put everything, everything out there and told them. And every single one of the, the sort of clients this when I spoke to them on a sort of sort of one-on-one -on -one level they were just really pleased with how it was happening and and how it was it was they could sort of see sense in everything I was teaching them mm. and that that's probably one of the main times where when I said to them when we did the guided meditation I said if you fall asleep I think two of them did fall asleep and it was just it was really it was just lovely because I said to them do not worry if you fall asleep and obviously they still, they woke up like, oh no. So I said, seriously, you need to sleep. You know, yeah. you're working so hard. Your body is doing so much stress. You need to sleep. You need to sort of take note of everything I'm sort of trying to teach you here and tell you here and explain mm -hmm. that, you know, your life at the moment is in a place which needs to be sort of taken care of. You need to be looked mm -hmm. after. And, you know, I tried to stress about loving yourself and I, I remember when I was when I was a youngster or a teenager or at university or whatever you know you talk about loving yourself and, it, and it's always I always had a real negative sort of thought about that I always thought well that's just arrogant and you don't really want to sort of be displaying arrogance to uh, to, to your fellow sort of human beings but loving yourself is a completely different aspect to being arrogant loving yourself is complete it's nurturing the inner you and taking care of the inner you i think there's a lot of um i guess not necessarily awareness more education that i think has started to happen in the last couple of years around that idea of kind of self-care and almost self-preservation um and it, it's it's getting there isn't it but there are still so many people that have that mindset that actually it's it's selfish or it's a waste of time or it's unproductive to take five minutes out um and just move away from the screen or go and have a walk outside or um it's it's still really difficult to to get that across to um to people but it very much seems like through that those conversations you're for you are facilitating that that start of them starting to understand or see or view things slightly differently or the very least being open to mm, there, there's another way to think about this yeah oh yeah completely and it, it, it's something which a lot of my clients who come to the course mm. they're, they're they're almost surprised by me explaining that this this is how you look after yourself because yeah, yeah. they say you know they would think looking after themselves would be like sort of going away for a weekend and mm. yeah like looking after myself is going to the spa and that's that's it yeah going on holiday um there's a there's a big in between there really um we kind of started off talking a little bit about the baking and how you got into that but um how did the how did the mindfulness come in and where did kind of that interest or that passion um, come from okay so uh just was it maybe 13 13 years ago after i left university i did a ski season and on this ski season i was about halfway through the ski season 
it was beginning of February and I was, it'd been a really bad season for snow, but the night before it snowed massively and it was very exciting. I, I was lucky enough. I always had Saturdays off. So that was great. I went with two other friends, like season air friends. And I just so happened to, um, hit a rock on my descent and it snapped the cruciate ligament in my leg and I was on the side of a cliff at the time and I fell and I landed on my head I fell about 15 foot and landed on my head and straight away I was unconscious and by this point even though it had it was a beautiful morning the snow had come in again and it was complete whiteout. And the two people I was with, we were off piste. Two people I was with had to go and find um, help for me. And that took a long time. By the time they eventually got someone to come and sort of help at the position we were at, mm. I think it was, it took about five hours for me to, from the injury to get into hospital. And then once I was in the hospital, they obviously uh, had to contact my family and I was in a coma for three weeks where it was an induced coma Uh, I broke my back broke my neck and from so I just left university I was meant to be going into law Mm. that was the the aim of my life Mm. and everything was just suddenly all just put on hold and so after three weeks of being in the coma I eventually regained conscience. I, I not conscious enough for me to remember being conscious, but I was talking. Yeah. Uh, after two weeks of being conscious, I was flown back to England, went to Addenbrooke's hospital and I stayed there for five weeks. And I only, my memory only really starts in the last week of Addenbrooke's hospital. So I don't remember anything really at all. Um, even though I was, was sort of talking and stuff but mm. like i didn't i didn't i recognize a few people i didn't recognize that many people mm. there, there was one one friend who came like she she was like one of my best friends and she said her name was bronya mm. and she said um do you, do you know who i am and i said no i don't know who you are she said i'm bronya i went don't be ridiculous you're much prettier than bronya <laughs> <laughs> Which, which I always find very funny. And I'm sure she did too. <laughs> that's, that's a very good reply. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so how did uh, you kind of gone through that experience? And obviously that's going to have had a, a very um, immediate and, and large impact on you. And how did kind of that recovery journey then lead into things like mindfulness or, or what sort of things helped you at that time so I was told not to work for two years which which I didn't I I probably took about a year before I was slowly seeing the sort of track which I wanted to be on Hmm. um and then I think after that I sort of I did I moved I moved I was staying I was living at home at the time I moved out of home went to live in London with some friends um and then I stayed there for a year. Like it still wasn't on a in a great place at all. Um, and then I decided to set up my own business, making shirts. So I went back home, started my business from home, and I sort of got into that, and that was good. But in terms of 
my mental health I, I was having a lot of issues with and, and it was something which it, it was part of the accident it was something called prosopagnosia which meant that I didn't recognize people okay after I'd I, I sort of recognized a lot of my family and close friends, but a lot of other people I just didn't recognize. I'd remember everything about them, but I wouldn't recognize them. And that was oh. very annoying. But also it happened if I, if I went out one evening and met someone mm. and say I saw them a week later and they'd be like, hey, Tim, how's it going? I'd be like, I don't know who you are. Oh. And then they would say, I met you at X and X, whatever. Yeah. And I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, but I just don't remember your face. And that that was my biggest mental sort of, Mm. And that, that really upset me mm-hmm. um but that sort of slowly started sort of um i guess started like getting better and then in uh, i suppose it was about three years four, no, three four years after the accident i then decided that i i wanted to be with someone I wanted a girlfriend because all, all my friends, bearing in mind that they they were all pretty high up in their jobs, they were all getting married and having kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I, I don't have any of that. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, how do we get a girlfriend? Um, and I, I I just never had that much luck. So I decided to go online and find find a way. And I found this pickup artist. It was like a, a workshop for a day. Okay. And I was like, okay, let's give that a go. So I went along, it was in London, went along to that and the uh, woman running it, she uh, she said that if you guys want a threesome, if you want sex with anyone, this is the course. And I was just like, no, that's not what I want. I, I just want to find the love of my life and settle down. And I went out to her and I said, look, this this is what I want. I want to find the right girl for me. I just want to be well, happy and whatever. And she said, okay, wait for the last person of the day. So the last person of the day came. And he said to he asked us all to close our eyes, and as where our eyes were closed, he said, "None of you are going to meet the girl of your dreams or move on with your life until you start to love yourself." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a bit weird." Mm. And then he told us to sort of keep our eye our eyes closed and breathe in, breathe out, and he got us meditating for like two, twenty minutes. And it was in that meditation where just like the penny suddenly dropped, and I was like there there's something here there's something here mm-hmm. and then as soon as i opened my eyes i was i was it was almost like i was a different person i was like yeah something's happened something really has happened here and he then said i want you all to um keep meditating he gave us his email address and i said i want you all to email me every week to tell me how your meditation's going and then he said statistically only one percent of you will do this but i want you all to be one percenters Hmm. and it was like yeah yeah i'll do it and i, I was just very quiet i was like yeah, yeah i reckon i do that anyway we, we all went out for supper afterwards and i sat next to him and i just said like i was really touched by this um hmm. can you tell me anything more and he said i mean just simply just google me- meditation just to see what you can find and keep in contact with me and i did keep in contact with him i kept emailing him every week obviously after i meditated every day and then after about two months i messaged him again and i said look this is going really well. I'm in London because I wasn't living in London at the time, but I was back in London. And I said, can we meet up? He said, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and we had lunch and it was really good seeing him. He was just, you know, just really lovely guy. And I said to him, so how many people are still emailing you? And he said, you are the only one. You are the 1%. And that, that changed my life. I was like, 
this is going to bring me on to the next thing. So mm-hmm. after obviously learning that, I decided to research into meditation a lot more. I did two year course. No, I did two years of uh, something called transcendental meditation, which is great. And then I then got into mindfulness and obviously all sorts of meditation, are all different things and what have you. And because I um, decided to just sort of utilize different parts of different meditations, which helped me. Mm. And so I got into mindfulness and yeah, I use parts of TM, I use parts of mindfulness and just everything just sort of congregated, um, congregated, sorry, everything sort of came together, came together within me. And, um, I just thought this this is it. And, and I, it meant so much to me, the path I'd taken, I wrote a book all about my path from obviously the accident or way before the accident, because I wasn't particularly, um, uh, sort of mentally, I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy or anything, but, but, you know, I, I had issues yeah. in my life and, and I wrote about how my issues had been resolved through understanding myself and through loving myself. And I put it into my book, mm. um, which is like, like I said, how I utilize all these different sort of TM and mindfulness and all these different other techniques. The book is called Timinology. And oh, okay. It's, okay. It's kind of playing on like Scientology, that kind of thing. But Timinology, it's literally just saying that you could you can use this technique to make everything yourself. So like you know mm. you you could call call your one mycology. Mm. Um, it, you know, it's just a way of it's just it's just a, a silly little way of me just saying look you yeah. can, but there isn't one size fits all. It's mm. just always use all these different ideas which will help get you to where you are. And then obviously from that, I learned the mindfulness and that I, you know, I found so much strength in the mindfulness. My whole mindset started because of this, just started sort of just becoming much more sort of in touch with the present moment, which is what obviously mindfulness is all about, but in touch with myself. And I started being able to love myself more. And I started being able to understand people more and started wanting to see the good in not just everything I do, but good in everyone and in people. And and then obviously having learned how to become a, a mindfulness um, teacher, I also, I also uh, did a course in life coaching. So I'm a life coach as well. And I then obviously from having the mindfulness coaching and then obviously learning about the um, sourdough, putting those together, Mm. I just suddenly was just like, this is now the path I I am. I have my whole life has been led towards because every even when I set up my shirt business, I, I I I didn't. Although I was passionate about it to a certain extent, I didn't really care. But now with this, mm. like I absolutely adore it. So like, you know, I'm making so much bread for people at the moment, and I just see that as sort of really good marketing for me. Like obviously I charge, but it's not it's not giving yeah. me money to sort of to li- live in london whatever I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah just i'm just lucky my fiance is a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> well the dating side worked out as well then that's good <laughs> it's good to know that that worked out in the end yes yes there we go it did <laughs> um so we we've rolled through and um and we're, we're over over our time very very slightly so i'm conscious that um I want to get a couple of bits in here at the end as well. So um, 
thank you so much for for sharing your experience and, and the personal aspects of, of that story as well but you yes. mentioned um a couple of different things in there so if if people wanted to find out a bit more about yourself tim or the range of different things that you've mentioned um are there certain places that they can go to to find out about um uh, some of products yes so my website is themindfulbaker.com um the the book is called Timinology and that's on Amazon. Um, Instagram, I, f- I think it's like I, I don't know Instagram very well because I've I've just been told how to use these social media things. <laughs> Instagram is at you, you say at don't you? So it's yeah, yeah. Tim underscore the mindful baker. Yep, and then. I also have a Facebook group and that that is called so www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Tim in ology. Uh, okay. And the group is called mindfulness meditation happiness by the mindful baker. Awesome. So a few different places people can go to, to find out about all of those different things um thank you so much tim for for giving up your time and for coming and sharing um your story but also some of the awesome stuff that you're doing at the moment and it sounds like you're doing a huge amount at the moment when most people have started to to struggle to have things to do um you're really busy by the sound of it so a big thank you for coming on for for this week i know it's it's quite strange how i i've everyone's going oh yeah I'm not be doing much more. I'm like I've actually never worked so hard <laughs> which is good though and it's it just gives I I just love love the fact that I'm just doing so much and making so many people sort of like happy like today's probably been today probably has been my busiest day so it's quite it's quite lucky that we've we've managed to get a chance to chat but literally I, I was up at six with with uh starting the starter and then obviously well wow. run my my one bit of exercise for a day and allowed that yeah yeah um <laughs> i need to work on that exercise thing <laughs> and then yeah and then just making bread making uh pizza making all these different and delivering bread as well and then i've got more to deliver tomorrow so it's it's cool and then taking more orders so that's good but i've got, I've got this i've got this one woman who lives on this road very close to me and she knows everyone on the road and she every time i'll say to her like, i've got five loaves of bread she'll get rid of them like that whoa so okay. she'll keep I you busy about not having <laughs> any, uh, no cup. thank you for coming on and i uh i look forward to i'm going to go and have a look at some of this terminology stuff and see what i can see what i can learn do yeah cool. um yeah yeah and everyone else it's 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 yeah i'm really proud of it um it's just a part of, you know, not many people have written, but I mean, a lot of people have written books, but it's a nice to be able to say that I've written a book in my life and, and I will write more. Yeah, but it's having it's good, that. It's a good starting it's point. That, it's that opportunity to to share as well, isn't it? I'm always really intrigued by the way um, people talk about it. And I find it particularly when there is a um, kind of that, that mental health side that people very much talk about are uh, I'm just really glad it's published and it's shared and it's there's kind of um 
it's one of those kind of I guess a thankless kind of thing because often you're not getting feedback on on what people think when they they read through um I know sometimes you do get feedback but often it is kind of that thankless you don't know who's who's gone and bought the book or read it or taken something from it so um no yeah I've not really and obviously with Amazon you can say leave a leave a review and stuff and not luckily I've had no negative reviews but I haven't had a massive amount of positive ones but no I think it's and people are you're much more likely to leave a negative than a positive so I always think like if you get a positive that's worth at least 10 negatives it's um yeah very rare that we leave positive reviews I think for things oh what one positive is worth 10 negatives oh yeah at least (laughs) Um, yeah yeah well that's good and but yeah no I'm I'm happy so do do, uh, do have a look at it order it awesome thank you so much for coming on and uh, I look forward to everyone going and checking out your stuff online yeah brilliant well it was great great meeting you thanks very much you too take care These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it.